Thanks for joining us for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife Elizabeth. The enemy is Satan himself and his agenda. And so the way, the best way to fight the enemy is to, to pray and to actively seek that people like myself get lured out of his trap back into the kingdom of life. That's how we become back the enemy. It's not by holding banners at, at gay people's funerals. Oh, oh, these horrible things people have done in the name of God. What he says instead is his love is the antidote. One of the challenges of the Christian life is to guard against the influence of the surrounding culture. As prophetic witnesses of the coming kingdom, we have a high responsibility to our king. In today's message, Elizabeth gives us an important reminder to discern who the real enemy is. It's not by shaming or protesting people's actions, but by loving others that we share God's grace. Now here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth in the book of Daniel, chapter one, verse one. God was saying through the prophet Isaiah, you put yourself in grave danger. That's the message. We understand, I mean, I very much understand that America is not per se a Christian nation. There is no such thing. They're Christian people. God died for people in that way. But I understand when people are confused about why do we care? This is not a church. This is a country and we welcome in people of all creeds from all nationalities. And, you know, that's the, that's the whole identity of the USA. So I understand that completely. And we're not so much here to talk about the democratic rights, although we have to point out the hypocrisy that the, ones who, the only ones who are losing their religious rights are those who hold to the Bible. I mean, it is a hypocrisy. And just to, to maybe expand on that just a little bit, you know, this is not going to be primarily a discussion about the United States of America or politics or any of those things. What we want you to see tonight is what I refer to as the trajectory of humanity right now. Or, you know, I talk to my children about it. The Bible says that children are like arrows, in, you know, that a warrior fires this arrow. He, he determines the direction of his children in the same way that an archer, you know, an, you, you determine the trajectory of an arrow. Well, I've talked to my kids about it. I've talked to some of you about it. When you're seeking God about what to do in your future, well, you need to look, you need to look at your past. What did you do in your past? When I was 10 years old, I had to take a Spanish class. I was in a farm country in Georgia. I'm like, why well, I got to learn Spanish? I don't even know anybody that speaks Spanish. Where do they even speak Spanish? You know, you know how it is when you're 10 years old. But we don't know what's coming. But when we look back and then we look at everything he did and we look at what he's doing and we can, we can kind of see. You and I need to be paying attention right now. If you want to see our trajectory moving forward, look at what's happened in the past and look at what's going on right now. You with me? You see what I'm saying? And that's what we're trying to do tonight. Exactly. It's not a, it's not a political rally. <laughs> Uh, at all. But it is, we are going to look at exactly what has God done in the past. Daniel shows us a perfect example of what happens when people take what is created for God's glory, created to be sacred, and then, what's the right word? Desecrates it or uses it to dishonor him in the, in defiles the most. Defiles it. Defiles it. So if, if you turn to Daniel 1, pretty much in the middle of the Bible, in Daniel 1, it says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, 
Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it, and the Lord, the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. In other words, God was disciplining Israel, his, his own people, for ignoring him. Part of what he was doing was that they, one of the things that they hadn't done was they had not given the land that Shemitah rest that we're going to talk about later. And so he said, okay, enough. I'm going to take you away for 70 years. The land will rest. And he was disciplining his own people, but he was using the king of Babylon to do it. So he sent the king of Babylon, and they stole not only the people, but the treasures of the temple and took them into then the, the house of their God in Babylon. So now we fast forward to what most people think is his grandson, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson in Daniel 5. King Nebuchadnezzar learned the hard way, the really hard way. He learned that, the, this is what he kept saying, the most high rules in the affairs of men. He learned that through years of humiliation himself, but he learned it. And so Babylon, to a large degree, was serving the purpose of God and then this happens in Daniel 5. Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. While he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels, which his father, many think it's his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple which had been, it was no longer there in Jerusalem, that the king and his lords, his wife and his concubines might drink from them. And they brought the gold vessels, which had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine, these holy vessels, and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. In the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw part of the hand that wrote. And later in verse 25, it says, and this is the inscription that was written, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Upasin. This is the inscription for each word. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. He said that twice. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain. At some point, it's up. At some point, God says, you have, I allowed you to take the people and the treasures captive for my purpose. You have now violated that purpose, and your kingdom is up. And the next people who came served the Lord again and were instrumentals. The Medes and the Persians were then instrumental in rebuilding Jerusalem after that. You cannot, it's not free reign, even if God allows us to be punished by whoever we consider our enemies. They don't have free reign. They serve a purpose. When that purpose is up, he stops them one way or the other. For us, the enemy is not flesh and blood. It's not like this nation or that nation. It's not even the terrorists or whatever you may think of as an enemy. It's Satan himself. And so what we pray is, and it's certainly not the lesbian, gay, transgender community. That is not our enemy. When we speak of that as one one more step America has taken towards judgment. The enemy is Satan himself and his agenda. And so the way, the best way to fight the enemy is to, to pray and to actively seek that people like myself get 
lured out of his trap back into the kingdom of life. That's how we become bad the enemy. It's not by holding banners at, at gay people's funerals. Oh, these horrible things people have done in the name of God. What he says instead is his love is the antidote. His mercy is the antidote. I was rescued because of mercy from that community. I could have been the spokesperson. Sometimes I see people or people that are aiding terrorists and I'm like, for the mercy of God, if he had not intervened, it could have been me. I know that. And so it's so powerful to think that the best we can do when we see the rainbow colors everywhere, which are also stolen from God, that means God's promise that we will never again have a flood like in the days of Noah. The enemy doesn't create anything new. He just hitchhikes and perverts what's already there. So we take it back. We take it back. They are not stronger. Whoever works in his camp are not stronger. They have the rain God allows them to have. But we need to be wise, innocent as doves, but wise as serpents. We need to be. The Lord, Isaiah 30, verse 18, the Lord longs to be gracious to you, to the people who are walking off the beaten path. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. He is compassion and he's justice both. Only he can measure that out. Blessed are all who wait for him. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So when we're going to tell you about these things that we consider end-time events, it's not that, yes, people have been saying that for a million years or for 2,000 years. They've been saying this. But God is patient. That's the only reason the rapture hasn't already happened. He's patient that all who have a heart towards him will come home. Many of them come from the very community that we think is the enemy, but their people are just captives, just like the captives of Israel, and they need to be rescued. So that's the heart of what we are sharing to you going forward. Yeah, and, and that's so important to remember that the reason he has not yet come for his church is that there are many of those who right now are deceived and maybe some of the most vocal even against Christianity and against the church, but they may very well be among those whom he wants to rescue before he returns. Do you see what I'm saying? So we have to remember that. In Luke 21, verse 10, it, it quotes Jesus himself. Jesus said, says, then he said to them, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences. There will be fearful sights, great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You'll be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your heart not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Each Friday here on Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert and Elizabeth will be tackling various issues that we face as Christians from a husband and wife perspective. Be sure to join us each Friday for these insightful messages from Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. 
For more information about Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert, Elizabeth, and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, log on to MainThingRadio.com. That's MainThingRadio.com. At our website, you'll find today's broadcast for you to listen to or download. We also encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. With a gift of any amount, we will send you an MP3 CD of this message. A secure option for you to give has been provided via PayPal. That's all available at www.mainthingradio.com. We'd also like to encourage you to follow us on Twitter. A link to subscribe to our Twitter feed is available at mainthingradio.com. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Remember to join us on Monday as Pastor Robert will continue teaching verse by verse through the Word of God. That's next time on Main Thing Radio. Thank you.